Wig, did you just say wig? Wig, okay. Hi, kids. Um, Hello. I think this is early March edition, right, Caitlin? No, yes. 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 yes we just <laughs> about it. Um, <laughs> hope we had a lovely, very short February. It's been a chilly one so far. Um, and drag is dead, and we lost a glam. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, uh, we talked about losing already, right? Yeah, probably. Okay, I, I think we did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. We're recording this before Caitlin's big wedding, so um, you, you I will be married. Yeah, when this by episode the time com- when this episode this comes, comes out, out <laughs> Caitlin will be a married woman, um, yeah. so or a married man. Yeah, well, we're already married. <laughs> we haven't decided. So I guess, yeah, <laughs> I guess we're a polygamous like marriage now. <laughs> the three of us. <laughs> the three of us. Um, anyways, um. Who are we talking to today? What are we doing? I thought oh, you we, would introduce. Did we, yeah, uh, we didn't even introduce ourselves. I We're know, such I a did, mess on Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> we did this last time too. I'm right here. I'm C Temper. This is we get out. Um. Anyways, like I was saying, who we doing? Who we talking to? Why don't you introduce? I will. Um. She's my. <laughs> I fellow, always have to do it. <laughs> my fellow bitch fest winner. She's in the winner circles with me. She's the beauty of Mad Mondays. Um. <laughs> uh, Atomic Annie. Yay! Stunning. I will absolutely claim being the beauty of Mad Mondays, having literally never attended. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but referenced like a ghost is is something that I'll take. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I've always seen you. Oh, I seen you at Bitch Fest, but I've seen you at Metro the most often. Besides that, yeah. so you know, I Mad Mondays. There. <laughs> and then you're gonna say the beauty of Bushwick, and I was like, okay. I know. I was like, I like that. Okay, beauty yeah. of Bushwick. There yeah, you go, that's way better. <laughs> uh how are you my darling uh i'm good uh it's a monday morning so it's you know it is what it is but i'm hanging in there (laughs) having a good time so we talked a little bit about the glams just now but i wanted to talk about the glams with you because i saw you there and i have to give you a lot of props because what i've i've been going to the glams for a long time an old lady but like (laughs) <laughs> Going to the glams back in the day, like everyone was really unique and like stood out with their looks and like their yeah. paint and all that. And now it's just like a bunch of white twinks that all have the same face. And I don't know who Silver dresses. is. Yeah. Like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha was there and I would have never have known. Like if they had right. not introduced her on that stage, I wouldn't have known she was there. But I have to give you a lot of props because you really stood out to me with your look. I was like, ooh. Thank you. Someone like has like an actual like point of view. <laughs> like I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like a very um I guess I could describe the glams as like overstimulating. It was just mm-hmm. a lot of drag all at once. It was yes. it was truly mm-hmm. everything everywhere all at once of Brooklyn, Manhattan, and Queens all together in a room. Um and I don't think I've been around that much Manhattan drag all at once before, which was interesting. Um I I really hadn't like it hadn't occurred to me up until like last month and especially with the glams how um just sort of like 
Brooklyn based and focused I've been in, but I, I appreciate that. I think that like, um, I, I don't want to say no one looked like everyone looked great, but, um, yeah. I think I always really appreciate. And I think it's partially why I've gravitated towards Brooklyn, like a real honed in, uh, perspective and point of view. And I think that like, that doesn't necessarily mean you don't have to be polished, but if you can really have your own unique thing that you're doing, I feel like that's the most important thing that people should be focusing on. And I kind of miss that about drag. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, yeah, I'm, things have I'm, changed so much. I'm still salty about the the woman that gave me the up and down. <laughs> Wait, so camp. explain this story to me because I don't really know what you were right. talking about when you talk about this. <laughs> I was I was just like running late to the glams, and I was just like, you know, I was in my wedding dress and my red hair and my usual look. Um, and there's a woman, there was a drag queen outside. I don't, she was like older, um, but she's very like drag pageant. She was older, sorry, <laughs> Diva. Um, and um, she, I think she was like having a smoke or whatever. She was just like in a very in an elegant dress and like a nice updo. So she looked very much like a pageant queen kind of thing. And I was passing her and I was just like, hi, how are you? Because she just kept staring at me. And I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> and as I said, like, how are you? She just went like, gave me the full up and down and like ignored me afterwards. And I was like, oh. <laughs> okay <Ooh. laughs> like that's sorry Diva. <laughs> exactly <laughs> um i am honestly that's why I, like i don't like manhattan that much because it's just like i i came with you with respect and i did was not given that back at all <laughs> i also just feel like those barriers between like really femme pageanty drag queens and more alternative alternative artists i feel like it's so invented you know what i mean like it's like i don't know it really is like a weird little stigma that's just like created by like individual girls. I I have never understood it. And it's like, I don't know, you can be pretty or you can be really femme or you can have a very sort of like standardized look. And like, that shouldn't say anything about how you feel about people who do something a little bit more grunge or like, I don't know, that, yeah. that has literally never made it any sense to me. Yeah. I, I've been dealing with that since I started. Um, so it's it's nothing new. <laughs> At least your makeup is better now. <laughs> Drag me with my is much better now. Um, I always say I'm like, who let me outside the house? Um, no, you look gorge at the glams. Um, you and nothing and um Mick Mr. E Minx. It's a it's a it's a Thank hard you. one. <laughs> I was just like, I know it has an M in it somewhere. <laughs> right. Um no, I saw like it was my Brooklyn Divas like in the you guys were like on the left center yeah. area. Yeah, you were like we, right in the center of like the yeah. we did the not pay for VIP tickets, so we made sure to get a table early and snag one. There you go. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that's what we do. We're my, always at the losers table. Yeah. Except for <laughs> well, you can join me at the uh, not nominated table. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> that, that used to be our table <laughs> until the pandemic. <laughs> I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll join you someday. <laughs> yes, you, you will. will. You will. But um, you'll probably win. The losers table. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, I just one more thing about the glam. Since we talked about Brooklyn a little bit, like this was the first glam awards where I really felt Brooklyn's presence. Usually like Brooklyn is a very like Bushwick might win and that would be it. <laughs> like that's the only yeah. like representation yeah. there is at the glam. So it was nice. It felt very like, like honestly, it was probably more than like 60% of the awards went to like Brooklyn based like performers and venues, which is crazy. Which was super exciting. I, it was my first glams this year. Um, last year, I didn't feel like quite fully baked enough. Mm -hmm. um 
to like justify spending 40 bucks to go like network or whatever. But yeah. I felt like um, even in just seeing who won last year versus this year, I think that um, at, at least now it seems like a lot of the people who I, I thought of as like Brooklyn Queens or Brooklyn artists really have been doing a lot of work in multiple boroughs. And yeah. um, I think that that really showed with who won. And it was, it wasn't quite like a sweep, but I would no. say that Brooklyn really dominated in most of the categories, which was like cool to see. Yeah, I never thought that would ever happen. So, and it's e- exciting. Um, even if we were not nominated, like, uh, or only one nominee in each category, they still usually got it. Like, I'm thinking, like, uh, Venna was like the only Brooklyn door goddess, and she snagged yeah. it. So, <laughs> and I think Mamshi as well for comedy. Yeah, I don't know if there yes, were yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. Enough about the glams. Let's let's move on to you, Tom. <laughs> um, so where are you from originally? Um, I'm originally from the Bay Area. I moved out here um about a year and a half ago for college and kind of drag sprouted from there, but I'd been experimenting with it uh in the Bay for a little bit before I moved. And then with COVID, it kind of was official when I moved. Um, what was life like growing up in like San Francisco? Uh, it was cool. It was a very queer environment, but I don't think I really ever really tapped into like the artistic element of queerness. It was a lot of just sort of like understanding that gay people were like present in my community, but it was never necessarily like something that, especially because I, I'm i 21. And so it's like, I I wasn't aged into the scene when I was living there. And so it was more so like understanding that there were people like me but it wasn't necessarily something i had access to and so it was this weird dichotomy of like knowing that we had a lot of history in san francisco and there was the castro and you know like the sisters of perpetual indulgence and it was amazing but like i haven't really i didn't experiment with the drag scene there until i would like go home to see family and like pick up a couple gigs and then really get to know the scene which i guess has kind of like retroactively been cool but it was it was definitely like not linear i would say well, like that area has changed so much. Like it's so like outpriced everybody. Oh, it's living it's there. Very, it's very New York. Yes. Way. When I go there, I'm, well, I've only been there once, but when I've been there, like I was just like, am I in New York right now? Like it feels exactly. like we're in New York. <laughs> certainly, certainly Williamsburg prices for a lot of the things. Oof. Definitely. <laughs> um. So did you really not start like getting into the drag scene until you moved here or? Yeah, I, um, I was... I always kind of like go back and forth on when I tell people I started drag because the first time I went out in drag was in like, I want to say fall, probably Halloween of like 2019. Um, But I never performed until October of 2021. So I was like doing drag and I was, I was trying to like figure out my look all throughout COVID. Um, But I hadn't performed until um, like the first month after I moved here. So it's, it's only been about a year and some change of performing. And look at all the shit that you've done. I'm like, and now they're going to cast you on Drag Race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, It's been like, I don't know, it's it's interesting being in such a big scene because I think that um, you work so hard just for like name recognition where I feel like in smaller scenes, you can kind of come onto the scene and if you have a point of interest to your drag, whether it's the look or the performance or like you're a great host, um, that's sort of enough. And that's that's great. And I, I love how that's done, but that's just not the New York experience at all. Um, and you can be doing like top tier stuff and people just don't know who you are. And like, it's not a product of the quality of what you're giving. It's just sort of like the volume of how much drag there is. And so it's like, 
been interesting to navigate knowing that San Francisco has such a tight knit community because I mean, the city is like what, seven miles big. Um, oh. And, and so it's also it, very limited how many clubs there are there too. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it feels like here there's such a vast, there's like so many ways that you can go about entering the scene that like y'all said, it's like hard to um, really be able to like stop and like look at what you've accomplished because it's like all about the hustle in a lot of ways. What made you interested in drag? When were you like, I want to do this? <laughs> um, I think that it came from this sort of dilemma I was having around gender, where for a while I was kind of like questioning what was going on. And I would, I used to dress, especially just like day to day, a lot more kind of out there. And it never really felt, it didn't feel as like affirming as I guess I needed it to be. Um, and I was always so interested in like, whether it was like movies I would watch as a kid or... I was really into manga um, and I, I got really into like fashion and design and like just sort of fashion history. Um, and it it never felt like me dressing sort of as flamboyantly as I wanted every day was like necessarily going far enough and mixing that with like feeling confused gender wise drag was something I kind of came to, I would say like naturally. And then as I started going out in it more, it felt like I guess affirming would be like the right word. Um, And it felt like all of the sort of influences and really like deep interests I had as a kid, whether it was like watching, you know, like the nineties X-Men cartoons and being like, why do I, why do I like Rogue so much? Um, (laughs) All of that stuff kind of like started to make sense once drag became an interest, I would say. How did you come up with your drag name? Um, I came up with my drag name because the 80s are like a huge point of influence for me. Um, And I remember the first person that really like changed my outlook on like visual representations of gender was Annie Lennox. And I watched her in the Sweet Dreams music video with her like orange buzz cut in the like dominatrix suit. And I was so into it. And I loved that song as a kid. Um, And so Annie is after her. And then the atomic part of it was there's this movie, I think it was like a comic book or like a graphic novel before, but the movie was starring Charlize Theron and it was called Atomic Blonde. And it was basically like female James Bond. Um, And I grew up watching Bond movies and I was so obsessed with like all the Bond girls and like Grace Jones particularly. And her name I think was like Mayday or something. And so I loved the whole like, um, a lot of them had like alliteration. A lot of them sort of sounded like super villains a little bit. And so... Atomic Annie kind of came from that. And then I Googled it just to make sure no one had it. And it's mm. the name of like a nuclear weapon that was used in the 80s. And mm. I was like, that's perfect. There you go. Um, yeah. So I it like was meant that. to be, I guess. I love that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of like started basically during the pandemic. So how did you yeah. figure out your performance style? Um, I think that's more recent. And I think that it's something I'm still very much like coming into because I think Coming onto the scene, I, I, I don't necessarily think I would, you, you can look back on what you did like two weeks ago when you do drag and be like horrified by it. Um, but I think that all things considered, I came came into the scene like pretty figured out with what I wanted my look to roughly be. Um, I've definitely come a long way, but I think that performance was always the thing I was the most insecure about um, just because I'm not a dancer in any capacity. And I felt like, when you do drag, especially like when I started, I was like doing it from my bedroom and it was during COVID. And the only representations you see are like the clips that go viral online of like some local girl, like absolutely giving it and being all stunty or 
queens on Drag Race getting rewarded for, um, you know, being super flexible and doing all these things. And so I think that that was always a point of insecurity for me. And I think that it really took going to see drag in Brooklyn to really make that like connection for me. And I think Bitch Fest was a huge piece of that because there are ways that you can be super engaging as a performer and not have it necessarily be about um, like when you're, how you're doing the most movement or how you're doing the most tricks. And I think really tapping into like, I would say for me, it's all about emotions. And when I'm sometimes, you know, you just have an off night or sometimes you are, you know, performing at a venue where you're like, I have to do a top 40 song or else I'm not going to get paid. Um, but when I really have full creative control and when I'm having a, when I'm in a good mood, it's, it's really all about emotions and that very like sad, hot girl kind of vibe for me. <laughs> um, so we asked you to describe yourself and you said you have a dash of good old fashioned insult comedy. Yeah. Where, where I is think... that coming from? And like, how does that work in Brooklyn? When I feel like a lot of people are <laughs> nervous about like, you know, going there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> Martyr has experienced this firsthand, but I think uh -huh. a, a big part of <laughs> I think a big part of how um, I've and it's I, again, it's very recent. And I think that like being having the opportunity through Bitch Fest and doing a lot of competitions, it's like the first time I've really been able to be on the mic. Mm -hmm. And that was also something that like, I think when you're a newer queen, you don't even think about in terms of like, it, you're being on the being on the mic is like not something that it's so far, far off as a goal, I guess, um, that you don't really think about, you know, what am I going to say? How am I going to come off? How am I going to, you know, banter with this audience? Because you're so focused on like, how do I look? How will I perform? How can I be backstage? Um, and I think when that nervousness sort of kicks in for me, I think about like the queens that I saw when I first started going to shows and sneaking into clubs. And it really was the queens who would be able to like read each other back and forth with love. And like, I'm a huge fan of Joan Rivers and a lot of those, like, I, I mean, I, I grew up in like a, a New York Jewish family and a lot of our love for each other hinges on just kind of being horrible to each other. And, you know, there's, that's a lot to unpack, but I think that for me, <laughs> when I am told to improv on a mic, it really comes from like, how can I, drag a girl that I have so much respect for mm -hmm. um, and just you know have a good time because audiences also love that yeah I feel like it's such a lost art form right now because it's, it so is like people the, are really scared about backlash I guess <laughs> like the girls on on drag race are so tame to each other and these fans are like having their accounts deleted mm -hmm. and sending them death threats and it's like nothing they're saying like if y'all heard what went on backstage in at come on everybody or yeah literally anywhere in new york like people would be horrified if that's what yeah. they if that's the metric they're grading it on well uh, i'm just like yeah. why don't you want drag queens to be drag queens <laughs> like, exactly the, they're not little barbie dolls you know right speak yeah. for yourself i'm so <laughs> petite and plastic <laughs> yeah you're, you're sugar and spices third member <laughs> yeah um what is it um sugar and spice and all things nice yeah that's yeah you're everything nice, <laughs> all, everything all thing nice. nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um and on that note i think we should take our first little break um we'll be right back kids we're gonna talk about bitch fest um bye bye wig okay
we're back. We're back. Such a long break. Long break. Longer than, (laughs) I don't know. I can't think of anything. Longer than each week's Drag Race episode. Yes. (laughs) Honestly. Not long at all. Longer than the uh, Drag Race runways, for sure. Longer than Lux Noir's wig. Wig. 40-inch unit. (laughs) Um, so Annie, you recently just won um Bitch Fest with um your co So what is Bitch Fest for people who don't know what it is? Damn bitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I, we always talk about like these competitions, but like we yeah. have listeners from all over the world and like they right. don't know what a niche New York competition is. Yeah. Marcio, sure. do you want to explain it or should yeah, I? Yeah, you should either I one. Mean, I mean, I you're can. both winners, so. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, the exclusive or uh, exclusive um winner circle of this cycle is um now four people, even though there's only been three months, <laughs> <laughs> which we will get into. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, Bitch Fest is a uh competition, a weekly competition hosted by Zavaletta from Dragula season five or season four, excuse me. Um, <laughs> Um, and it's just sort of like it's she jokes it's gay church, but it kind of is. It's just like a, it's a big yeah. community builder. Um, I've been every week since I've won, um, because of just like how, um, drag me. <laughs> no, like literally, it's not not shade against you. It's just like I have gotten like more friends and more, um, mm-hmm. engagement from just like going out and like supporting everybody. And like you get to see like honestly, like cutting edge art in the Brooklyn scene. Um, it's shit like people are like either afraid to do or um don't have like a, the space to perform. So it's like very, it's very like a battle of the brains kind of sometimes. Um, but it's just very creative, very uh, I want to say cutthroat, but like just uh, we kind of uplift each other to do the best that you could possibly do. Um, yeah, that's why I like it. Um, and Annie won in December. Um, how was your experience? It was good. It was short. It was, it was short. Uh, one week shorter, but I, I like to think that because I did the sort of open casting call thing, I, I got the full experience. Um, but it was, it was fun. I, I, I was mentioning, or I guess like about to mention earlier that part of my initial, I wasn't even conscious of it, but my, but my initial sort of goal and nervousness going into Bitch Fest was like people like you and like Mamshi and Pony were all artists that I was such huge fans of and I was like more than anything I was like I don't want to come off as untalented to these people I like am a huge fan of um and I think that was sort of my biggest thing and I think part of that pressure rather than because like I I love Zava so much and I think that like the way that she gives you feedback on your art is like this really chaotic very like helpful way because it's like she doesn't hold back and she'll let you know exactly what her very first reaction was um, and I think that that's really useful because, you know, there's she's not like um, she's not mincing words ever. And I, I appreciated that. But I think that more so my anxiety was coming from like, I want to impress the people that really motivated me to like get out and perform in the scene more. Um, I think the experience was good. Our cycle was, I think, already pretty notorious for being super messy. We had a contestant drop because of critiques they got who is my girl and so i absolutely respect that choice um and it made it hell of a lot easier for me because we i was one out of two winners out of i think four people who were left standing um christmas was the supposed to be the final week of ours and no one was in town so it was only three weeks but i you know the check still cleared 
Um, there you go. And that's really all that matters. But it was it was fun. And I think that above everything else, um, I really nailed down what vibe of a performer I am, which I think was helpful because I had just come from losing a bunch of competitions and performing music that I, looking back, I really couldn't tell you why I chose what I chose. I was doing like, you know, like pop music and whatever. And I, I really had gotten in my head about like becoming this chameleon for every competition in order to win. And I hadn't won anything. Um, and I would always feel weird after because it was like, I tried to do a song that I can't, that requires more movement than I'm able to do or whatever. Um, and really tapping into this, like, I, I think it was the fact that our first week, which I won of Bitch Fest was so, like around emotions. And that was something that I hadn't really tapped into. I had never really done a ballad or anything before and getting such a positive response from doing that. And then continuing to sort of do variations on that same idea of like being this beautiful, heartbroken artist um, who tapped into the more minimalistic side of performing. I think that's really what motivated me to be like, oh, I can actually win this. Cause I was like, I don't want to go to the end and not win anything because it's like, I'm not going to feel confident. And that first week really shifted my goal, I would say, and, and really helped me grow. Um, you're welcome. Cause it was inspired by me. <laughs> <laughs> thank god <laughs> i'll send you some residuals <laughs> thank you thank you uh and i'm not joking zava did say thank uh I, the challenge was inspired by me because <laughs> i did uh, yeah uh <laughs> it was the the week right after i won um and she said um i guess i invoked some emotions in her and she was thinking about stuff and so she's like thank you martyr and i was like you're welcome bitch <laughs> Aww. So yeah, I'm taking credit. I don't care. <laughs> I also think too, what was so interesting about competing at Bitch Fest and Marjorie, I, I know you've been, you're you're not as like much of a baby as I am. And I think that in a lot of ways, what was so interesting for me in working with Zava is like, there's this sort of separation that I think the internet has created and these shows have created where it's like, in a lot of people's minds, there's a separation between like people who are local performers and people who've been on TV. And I think being able to work so intimately with someone who was on a show that I watched and enjoyed and like, it really made a lot of those like performers who have been on those platforms feel a lot less far away. And I felt like I, there's always this sort of inferiority complex you have when it's like people from Drag Race or people from Dragula decide to like, it's almost looked at as like charity work when they're like, oh, we'll do a show with like a cast of local girls instead of some like weird, like Voss, whatever. And I think that working with someone who had been on TV and having such a, I would say like deep relationship with with every cast member, um, I guess from from Zaba's perspective, it was like it it shifted things for me because it was like those those shows and those casts can feel a little far away if you're not really meshed into the scene. Mm -hmm. And I think it was important to like understand that like you know we're all just trying to pay our rent and do art and make people feel something. And regardless of what our experience has been, I think that that's like that doesn't change i guess it shouldn't change yeah um well not... for that i i feel like it's a little full circle because i remember when zavaletta used to compete <laughs> and yeah. win competitions and right. like nobody knew who she was either mm. so i'm yeah. glad like this space exists so like this circle... it, yeah it feels like she gives back in a yeah. way and that's uh -huh. part of the the beauty of bitch fest which i which i love yeah um i think she just like kind of has an understanding of like we're all just weirdos making our art, like you said. And she exactly. just wants to uplift that and 
I mean, look at the beast that it's <laughs> become. <laughs> right. Um, I always I highly suggest our listeners to come to a night at Bitch Fest. Just one. Um, to see how it is. Um, you probably will be back because it's it's always it's always something. Um, hundred percent. Yeah. So just one more thing about Bitch Fest. What was it like to share the title with Slagatha? Um, it was great to be honest with you. Um, because I, I think a, a worry that I had as someone who I have ADHD and like I'm just I'm, I have to be in the right mood to be kind of fun to be around. If if you get what I'm saying, and like, um, I I was always so focused on what I was presenting when I was doing a competition or when I was doing a show of how I was coming off to a host so I could get booked or whatever that I hadn't really, I was so focused on what was happening on stage that I wasn't thinking about what was going on backstage. And um, as soon as I started having fun with people that I was meeting, you know, not on stage, just other performers when we were getting ready or whatever, it really started to like show in my drag that I was like having a better time. And Slagatha was one of those people that like I had uh, just started meeting via doing competitions and like she I lost Dragnet and then the month later she lost Dragnet and we were kind of like complaining about I I guess like how that was being judged is how I'll put it um and what have you and it was like cool to really get to know her a lot more and to be honest with you I loved my cast so much I would have been happy to win alongside any of them um but I'm 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 glad it was Slagatha because I think that really brought us closer and we do we each do such different things that I it was cool to be able to like share share the win for doing such distinctly good, but in different ways, art, I would say. Um, Yeah, you guys were both like my favorite performers from that cast. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, and Slagatha is literally my literal neighbor. She's around the corner from right. me. <laughs> I know, you right? You to everybody. Uh, I'm very, it's like I'm one very giant drag block. I'm very central, <laughs> so I can't help it. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Girl uh, about town, baby. Um, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you you both did something. Um, because at the beginning of the competition or this cycle, like Zava was like, "We're not doing twinners. We're not. It's not happening." Oh, did uh, she? <laughs> yes. Um, which <laughs> which I don't think any of us bought. <laughs> she's oh, broken really? it okay. twice so far, and it's only been <laughs> three months. Three months. <laughs> um, and so. It it was a like either of you could have taken it at um at the finale night. So I wasn't um I was waiting for both of you, but to have you both join, I'm like hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I Are can't you nervous now? I well, yes and no, yes because I want the title, <laughs> but no because like at the end of the day, like whoever takes it, it doesn't take away that we one so or like, and what's also cool is like it's all our friends you know what i mean yeah, like we're gonna yeah. be doing this i'm sure it's gonna be an absolute disaster but we're gonna yeah. be doing this huge fun finale thing like yeah. with, like not just like co-workers but like people that we've hung out with and yeah you know like it's it's cool it's like a it really is like a family and i feel like it sounds so corny but it's such a beautiful community I, i'm more upset about like when the whole thing's like gonna be over just because we won't have an excuse to like hang out every week but like exactly know, well, maybe we'll the winner fine. should like start another like we'll be equivalent. the yeah we'll be the fist uh was it the feast of bitch or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah fine. just yeah. start a weekly show yeah um, local at the rosemont coming to you soon <laughs> <laughs> 
we don't dead name uh bitch fest old uh venue <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah. my god <laughs> well the venue won um the glammies too the glam award oh yeah, come on everybody yeah, yeah yeah i did mm-hmm. um as it, it should yeah it's as a, it should i agree i um it's a very unique space um i i like i walk by it every day for work um and i i will always just peek my head in as i'm walking home to see like what's going on because i'm just like it's a it's a good space they treat their performers really well and the bar staff's Agreed. like really friendly um well it's one like in manhattan you expect a little bit like higher end like technical production but like mm-hmm. this is like the only high-end brooklyn technical besides three dollar bill i'd say like for Definitely. like shows yeah like the I- lighting and the sound like it's Agreed. like really like professional so it sounds ironic because the stage is actually quite small, but it is yeah. one of the larger stages in Brooklyn. It yeah. is! <laughs> which is sad, yeah. but also I love that. And also I am um, a girl that will get out of breath when I'm performing. And so it is great because it is right where I need to be able to sit down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I will always appreciate coming everybody for being not only a stage, but a chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, speaking about Bitch Fest and to the other, I guess, major competition that you competed in, um, Dragnet, how yes. was that? You you alluded to some stuff, but um, how was that? Um, tell us yeah. about that. Um, well, it was my first experience doing it. It was right when I um, had come back um, over the summer. I was, I'm was i a college student. I go to Parsons um, for fashion styling, I, I guess is the easiest way I can put it. Um, and I had come back and I had just gotten my apartment figured out and it was like a hugely stressful experience. And I was getting back into, I think it might've been my first time getting in drag when I had gotten back um, from figuring all that out. And I, the first thing that I think I, I got from it is like, I met two of my, re- my closest drag friends from it. I met Birth of a Nation um, and Jupiter Genesis who are both just the loveliest divas. Um, and I, it was one of the first times I had a really, really great experience backstage. Um, and so that was that was absolutely lovely. And I was so happy, I guess, in hindsight to lose to Jupiter. And that cycle of Dragnet that I did, I'm proud to say I lost fair and square. Um, <laughs> because if you've seen Jupiter Genesis perform and you've seen me perform, I think you'll get it. Um, <laughs> and also it was, albeit it was one of the first time, it, it was pre-figuring out what my kind of, shtick was um and so it was fun and I got I got some important feedback that really like changed it it it, it kind of culminated during bitch fest but it was blue and iodine who were the guest judges and they were both encouraging me and it was also um victoria holiday and they were all sort of saying the same variation of like you're gorgeous and you're very put together and you have this confidence about you but like what is the story you're telling and what is the perspective um, because you have all these references and we want them to translate into something the audience can see and something that like, they were basically saying like, don't water yourself down. Um, and that was something that was really like kind of a mind fuck for me for a while. Um, and I, so I, I kind of waited and I was like, I want to tell a story. I want to do a performance, but I, I don't think I was fully understanding of like what they meant. I, I took it as more of like a superficial critique. And so I did the following month of Dragnet Um and I was like, I'm going to tell a story. I'm not going to do a pop song. And so in my mind, I was like, I just did Grimes. And it was not as like, <laughs> in my mind, I was like, that's so artistic. It was not, I don't think it went that well. I mean, I I was in the top two, which like 
love that. Mm-hmm. And I thought I won the lip sync. Um, but you know, it's it's whatever. Like it's it wasn't a huge deal. And I I looking in, in retrospect, I'm glad that I got that feedback before I did Bitch Fest because I I probably wouldn't have won if I didn't have artists I respect telling me like you stop worrying about the look. Like you need to start like telling the way that you want to tell a story visually should be an aspect of how you think about performance it shouldn't just stop with what you're what you're wearing and what you're looking like um and that was a very important piece of advice and it's still something i kind of go back and forth on but dragnet was just it was interesting and it was also like the scene is so oversaturated like i've worked with mary cherry probably more than five times she's she knows who i am she does not know my name um and i think that that's sort of like (laughs) an introductory brooklyn drag experience is to work with mary cherry and not have not have her know the faintest idea of who you are yep <laughs> um i feel like it's sort of a rite of passage at this point but oh yeah um it was it was an interesting experience and i think that like i definitely had my moment of feeling i it's happened quite a few times where i've like gotten i've done a competition i've gotten absolutely glowing feedback and then i don't win and it was always those nights where it was like a one-off and so it, i wasn't building relationship with the cast or with the judges um I mean, clearly, I I just said like she doesn't really know who I am, which is fine because like it's it's fucking Mary Cherry, you know what I mean? It's like she's a staple here, and she's seen queens yeah. come and go, and yeah, she doesn't know. I get it, you know, <laughs> right? But I think I... that um, it was it was nice to win a competition that a meant more to me, and b was longer because I could actually show a whole body of work instead of like I do a lip sync, and that decides if I win or not. Yeah. Um... And that was cool. I still have never been to Dragnet, so I was going to ask, like, what makes it's that one It's pretty thing? messy, but in a way okay. that's different because it's it's less, like, alternative drag where it's, like, you expect that, which is okay. the fun part, I, I think, of being in the alt scene in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, like, it's, like, a bunch of girls doing pop songs in, like, big styled hair, oh. but just, like, being absolutely insane to each other. And, like, sometimes the judges show up and they're completely blacked out, which was my experience for one of them. Um <laughs> Yeah, oh it was God. it was just it was interesting metro is a weird weird place it's like the it Twilight is a weird place it's, oh, it's, yeah. weird it's... stuff happens when i perform there uh, yeah weird stuff happens every day there yeah, <laughs> yeah. listen she's my home bar but and i love her deeply <laughs> so i will not be saying anything disparaging on the I mean, podcast you know <laughs> it is i'm there is. a lot too but like yeah. it's definitely a weird well place. they pay me to be there baby oh yeah so you can't say <laughs> yeah, shit yeah. but i can <laughs> um <laughs> we mentioned a few um how do you what other venues do you like performing in besides metro and come on everybody um i find sometimes that like the venue can really make or break what happens with my performance um metro for me is like great and there's some amazing drag there but like the setup of the stage and audience and the fact that the floors are like slippery concrete like i don't love um and i've only performed there once but three dollar bill i had a great experience doing because it's like you feel like you're a fucking rock star you know what i mean it's like there's the whole pit of people there's the stairs it's huge stage you can do a whole lot with and like the backstage i really like that it leads into it so it's like my one of my biggest pet peeves especially with a lot of the looks that i showcase is i don't like when the audience sees them before i'm out on stage because i think that's a huge element of like really winning the audience over is like the Mm. shock value of seeing you in this like great look um, and so I like that the backstage, you can just walk up some stairs and you're on the stage all of a sudden. I've, I, like I said, I've only performed there once, but I would, I'm sure it won't be the last time. And I had a great experience there, but come on everybody for sure. 
Um, I performed at the Q recently for Zaba show. And that was just like, it was so different that I think I had a good time just because I was like learning a lot about how different venues in Manhattan are set up. Um, mm, it's very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I performed, I think, as every queen of my level of experience has a little bit of everywhere. And I think I'm I have my favorites. But to be honest with you, I, I will not turn anything down, um, even if it's a venue I'm not, you know, like partial to or anything. So, oh, yeah. Got that coin. <laughs> right. Um, Pivoting a little bit. So your your Instagram following is pretty like it's a lot for someone who's just started in drag, but I, I noticed going through your Instagram, you use like a lot of different makeup brands. What are your yeah. favorites to use? Um, I love makeup. That's like, I, I think it's something I've gotten more into recently, but like it was, I don't even think I've spoken to pony about this, but it was like something that he said a while ago that I really internalized where I was like going to bitch fest last spring because I was like wanting to go and drag a lot and like eventually do it and it it happened a little later than I wanted to because I was like fully gone for the whole summer um but I remember going and I had Pony and I had like chatted online or whatever and like he texted me after he was like I had no idea you were there I'm so sorry I didn't say hi like I didn't recognize you you look totally different and I was like what does he mean oh no and it I really was so in my head about like having like a very recognizable face. And I, I used to be of the mindset that like every time I, I had a different look, my makeup had to change or I had to coordinate or whatever. And like getting really into sort of a stamp was when I started really thinking about what makeup I should be using because it was like, what do I want to just be in my repertoire that I like know how to use? And so um, I, it's great that they give me free makeup now because I was <laughs> keeping them in business, but the kimchi makeup brand is so good for drag. Um, because I think it's probably like made with that in mind. And I know so many artists who use their stuff. And so that's like, honestly, mostly what I use. Um, I use a lot of like the Fenty skin products, like the, I not Fenty like skin, like the foundation and whatever. Um, because I find that it's like, I get real sweaty and that's great for drag. But um, something that I've kind of been doing a lot more is like doing exactly the same face every single time and having it be very neutral. But I've been enjoying like, the it, it, I, I'm not loving the wave of like drag queens putting on no makeup anymore and so I really like having obviously very like polished and very well executed but I like um I like just looking absolutely beat and I think that being very like matte and being very having like shadow and light and having the contrast be very high but still being very like soft is I guess sort of what I look for and so like stuff that really blends well stuff that's really really matte I like um so yeah um how did you come up with your eyebrows because I think they're really distinct thank you <laughs> I think that um what's interesting is like as I'm doing shows and being able to paint a lot faster I used to I, I feel like everyone used to be like a four-hour painter I've got it down in like 90 minutes um That's pretty great. much every single time which is great um but I think that they're they're slowly by slowly getting like thinner and thinner um, but I think that initially I wanted something that felt very like villainous. And so I love a real like ombre, very like sharp brow. And even if I end up going like real thin, I, I like the look of just um, your eyebrows being sort of a like a roadmap for how you paint your eyes. Because I think that if like you do it too low or you use the front of your brow as a stencil, you run the risk of like 
not giving yourself enough real estate to really like work with and change the shape of what's going on. So I think I just love like a, 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 a big lip and a real bitchy brow. I feel like are stuff that I love to see on, on people's faces. I agree. That's kind of what I was saying about when we opened the show. Like, I just feel like everyone's just like faces stamped the same way. It's everyone's it's the like, same. It's like, it's where, what YouTube happened? Yeah. yeah, it's all the YouTube. I'm just like, what happened? <laughs> the best advice I could give anyone still trying to figure out their makeup is stop watching YouTube tutorials. The only thing that you should be watching a tutorial for is like how to glue down your brows or whatever, but like, or like techniques. But if you're looking to, I, I don't know who has them. I think like Pearl has that one that every queen watched at one point um on youtube i see <laughs> right <laughs> we Lovett. all did we all did um it, it, it like, was good to be fair but <laughs> it was, right it was good um but i think that the more that you get in your head about like why can't i put this person's makeup on my face correctly the longer it's going to take to figure that out because it's like the shape of your face is different it works yeah. for them and so they're imparting it as it's like as if it's like gospel but yeah everyone's topography is a little different and the same shapes aren't going to read the same way. And so it's like, it just takes getting in drag constantly to really figure out what works for your face because it's what, what you can do the fastest, what's feels the most natural for like the shape of your face. It's just like, I don't know. YouTube has really destroyed a lot of the rigid, the originality I feel. Yeah. Which is upsetting. More people do drag, which is great, but it's yeah. you know, more people do the same drag. I was going to say like, uh, I'm not a makeup artist um, in the slightest, but I my techniques are like mostly from drag kings to be quite honest like how I got my cheek contours like literally a drag king technique so just like I feel like yes. people are afraid to like experiment they just want to like get the I I think they you should, look pretty they want to look pretty and I'm like yeah. I, I I don't I, my whole thing's like I never strive for pity I strive for interesting that's my own philosophy so <laughs> if I find pretty that. thank you <laughs> I try <laughs> um <laughs> no um you're i'm always impressed by like how you how you look um i've i'm Thank i feel you. like i've only seen you out in face like a handful of times in person um but you're always you're always the sun you're always the bushwick beauty uh <laughs> <laughs> the mad monday's beauty, mad monday's beauty. <laughs> <laughs> I have, yet, I have yet to make my debut, but I'm sure. Yeah, I'm but you're already yeah. the beauty there. You're already the beauty. I'll say it on mic. I'll steal right. the mic and say it. I don't care. Well, we've talked about um, drag families and, um, you know, drag grouplings, I guess. But um, what is the House of Wax and how are you a part of it? Well, it's actually an interesting story. And I was thinking of potentially changing the caption of that picture but it was like it's instagram no one it, the app is dead anyways but mm, um i the house of wax was this like idea that some friends and i had because they were both thinking of starting drag uh kind of mid last year um and we're still totally friends um but it just kind of never went anywhere and it was we oh, wanted no. to start this little kind of collective together because we were trying to figure out like what lane our art fit into. And for me, it was drag and I was encouraging them to get into it a little bit more. And I think drag is some, something that both of them want to experiment with. Um, but it didn't really, because of, you know, like New York is just a crazy place and things get busy. And um, especially when you're a creative, it's easy to get drained very quickly. And being able to have like collaborators is something that I think is useful 
for drag, but not necessarily useful for other kinds of art because you're doing labor to like loop someone else in. And I think that um, it just, it didn't really work out, I guess, how we envisioned it. We have those dope photos and we, we did a lot of work last year, but um, I am currently a, you know, with my namesake, Little Orphan Annie, I do not have a drag family at the moment, but I'm sure um, that's going to change real I'm quick, sure that's going to change. We'll see. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was it, it was just sort of like a kind of a moment in time. And I think now it's more so like as I've done drag a lot more than I was previously, like drag family is something that I've been thinking about a lot more and trying to, you know, gauge a little bit of like how how I can try to make that happen, because I, I would love to, you know, I would love to get adopted and get that advice, because I think that like an older not even like an age, but just an experienced performer, um, being able to kind of like be your wingman in a lot of ways um, is when I've competed, it's been useful, but I can only imagine how helpful that is when you like have someone who's constantly unconditionally like a supporter of your art kind of showing you the ropes a little bit. And so we'll see. I'm sure it'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah. These Brooklyn families like- With how much, right. With how big they are. Exactly. Yeah, no. I'm a proud orphan, and I'm gonna keep it that way. I'm like you. You you have like drag relatives though. I yeah, I have like. drag aunties and stuff. Yeah, um, I have like three fake drag moms too, so it's fine. Yeah, um, but I'm go. a proud I mean, orphan. You're in protection. You can't have. You can't <laughs> yeah. have a real family. <laughs> it's true. No real family. <laughs> um, and I will never be taking any kids, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, please God, don't do it. <laughs> the tubes. Yeah. Um, I just well, this is more of a, a tangent on mine, but I just feel like I see a lot of baby queens that'll like just adopt their friends into doing yeah. drag. And it's just uh, like, I don't like it. I don't I hate like it either. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> someone needs it's to be like, watching what do the you babies. have to offer? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're all you all started drag like one month apart or something. Yeah. You know? like, um, wait, I don't know. I don't know. Like <laughs> drag sister, it. yes, but like not drag. Oh moms. yeah, drag. Moms. Like I don't like, get that. Um, you can just, also just be like sisters. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you don't have to. It doesn't have to be this whole official like house of, you know, like whatever. Like I, you can just do drag together, babe. Like, yeah. That, it really it doesn't need to be that deep. Yeah, exactly. That's how I see it. I agree. <laughs> um, our last question for this for this round, um. We mentioned earlier, but um, you since you've been going back home uh, a little frequently, um, how has it been like going back into the drag scene there, and specifically um, performing at Oasis? That was a great experience, and I'm sure I'll be able to do it again. Um, I took right after Bitch Fest when I went home for like the little winter break that I took. Um, I didn't want to do any drag just because I was like I've I had probably the most I was going out like three, four times a week, every week for the past like four months. And I was just so exhausted. I was like, let me let me take a little break and kind of feel excited about it again. Um, especially because I've been doing at least one competition every month since September through December. Um, and that was kind of mentally draining. And so I didn't do any this past, I guess, little like time that I went back into the Bay Area. But over the summer, I was performing all the time. And I was able to do work at a lot of venues that I'd never worked at. And have an experience that I feel like most New York girls don't get where when you're doing a brunch anywhere else, you do multiple seatings and I made bank bitch. Um, and, but in New York, it's like, they'll have you do a number yeah. and that's it. Um, 
And what's ironic is like, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like New York is really missing out on a huge market. And I know that in Manhattan, it's more common to do like multiple seatings. But even then, I still feel like I rarely will go to brunches where it's like, okay, like leave, there's another seating. I know that Chicky's events, which are at night, you there'll be like a, an early show and a late show, but it's like, I would love to be able to see more opportunities for performers here to to do what the San Francisco girlies are doing because it was so much fun. It was exhausting. Cause like I would get out of brunch at like 4 PM um, having gotten drag at like seven, but oh, it was it's fun. And Oasis is genuinely the most squared away place I've ever worked. I got there and the producer within five minutes of being me being there, like handed me my, my pay for the event. They were like, just keep all your own tips. We'll have some collect them after your number number. We'll just bring them to you in a little bucket. Um, the, the, uh, what's it called? The backstage was like beautifully lit. It was gorgeous. Um, it was the only experience I've had where there were go-go dancers who weren't all thin white guys, which was great. All the go-go dancers were like, there were a couple of dolls. There were a couple like um, plus sized women. It was like amazing because it was like, go-go's are like such a fun element of nightlife. And when it's only white cis gay guys, you're like, you it, it's a different vibe than when it's just like hot queer naked people dancing around Dude. um and so that was that was great and i feel like that's not something i see enough um but oasis is such a gorgeous a gorgeous place and it was like one of um one of the things i was like shocked by is beforehand they were like if you have any lighting cues or like you want fire or like smoke let us know and i was like i'm just doing a, a blondie member like i'm i'm okay um but it was it was so squared away, which I loved. And San Francisco is is a really interesting community. It feels very Brooklyn and in, in its aesthetic. And it's mm-hmm. the hosts really, I feel like, could translate to Brooklyn well, particularly Cochina, who I am if you if you don't know Cochina Rude, she is just an absolute powerhouse. And she does a lot of like um uh harm reduction stuff, which is amazing, and it's a huge issue in San Francisco. And she gives out free Narcan at like all of her shows to folks that need it. Um, and wow. so San Francisco's San Francisco is an amazing scene and I I'm excited to like work there a little bit more. Love. Yeah. I, I yeah. think the Brooklyn to San Francisco it's just very similar. I know. I like we all need to have a sleepover. Yeah. <laughs> well they they did like San Francisco night at three dollar bill, I think. With yeah. Lady Camden. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we need more of it. I, I know a few performers in Brooklyn that are from San Fran and they go for it fairly frequently, I think. Yeah. Um but Particularly Jay, I think Jay has like a nice, yeah. fits into both scenes very well. Yeah, they uh, they would work in San Francisco very well. Yeah. Um, on that note, I think we should take our last little break, and we'll get into our usual wrap up, kids. Wait, Bye. Bye. And we're back. Ooh. Uh, a long episode today, kids. We're just so talking long. and chatting. Um, Caitlin's favorite question, my least favorite question. And it's a good question. It's a good question. <laughs> um, I, I just have my personal gripes with it, but it's fine. Um, Annie, do you think you'll ever want to be on Drag Race or Dragula, Camp Kiki, whatever the hell Juju B is doing on TLC? Um, painted by Raven. <laughs> painted by Raven. Yeah. Right. My aspirations of being a painted with Raven contestant. Big dreams. Um, 
did I cut you off or was that the end of the question? That was the end of the question. That, You're good. Yeah, that's the end of the question. <laughs> um, how do I word this? I'm going to say yes. Okay. I feel like what I do, like I, it's so weird being a drag performer because I feel like a requirement is blowing smoke up your ass. And I feel like it's also, you kind of toe the line of sounding like an asshole when you like talk about yourself in the third person too much. But something that I will say that I think is, um, it's not necessarily subjective. I think I've gotten enough feedback on it that like, it is just a pillar of my drag. It's like visually out of the gate. I think I've done stuff that is really unique and really like put together. And I think I, someday when I have enough money, hopefully, and I'm in a good position to do it, um, I want to be able to like showcase what I bring locally at like a super high level. Um, and I want to be able to like show a broader audience, like, the sh like the shit that I do now, but with like a higher budget, a higher platform, all of that stuff. And so um, I'm gonna, the answer is complicated, but I'm gonna put it as a yes, eventually is like the caveat. Um, we'll see how many, how many more seasons they're able to pump out. Maybe I'll be on um, Canada's Drag Race versus the World 3. Um, Dupree, but... the Lux Noir, right? Exactly, with Jujubee <laughs> as, as third place, of course. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I would say that is, you know, a goal of mine, but eventually, mm. um, because I, for even, even with what I'm bringing in, in Brooklyn now, I'm not anywhere close to feeling like I can even, you know, get on a TV show and be like, I'm Atomic Annie from New York City, because it's like, I need more people to, to understand, you know, who I am and what my drag means before I, like, New York is the broader audience I'm looking towards right now, but hopefully mm. that goal will expand sooner than later. Yeah. And also college. Uh, college. Yeah. Wrap that up. <laughs> um, so young. Not that this show is um a merit of your skill or your talent, but um sure. me and Caitlin usually have a rule of like not having people that are like just starting their drug career, but like the amount of that you've done with from starting is like very impressive so that's why we're having Appreciate you on that. it's just like because you you're a star you're great so um that's really. not to blow smoke up your ass but here we are no, keep going <laughs> i love it keep going <laughs> well um, we always want to also interview interesting people which yeah. i think so far yeah. this episode has proved yes um you've given Thank us you. so much to work with you you're you're great <laughs> you're a star baby He's you're a star, star. <laughs> no i'm a star <laughs> honestly she was snubbed for an oscar she was okay. um and beyonce was snubbed from a grammy but anyways i don't even want to talk about harry styles <laughs> he someone tweeted they were like harry get in front of me <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh lordy okay yeah this Next. is old news by the time this episode. I know ends. it's fine. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> happening right now. We're mad kids, right? Um, do you have any future projects you want to promote? Right, um, I'm not going to promote any, any shows because they okay. will have been happened by the time yes. this comes out. Um, I you can find me on everything underscore Atomic Annie where I will be promoting said projects. Um, by again the time this releases, um, and just stay tuned baby i've got some really exciting stuff in the works um i'm kind of a little bit of everywhere and so yeah we'll see 
Um, so you talked about this a little bit earlier, but what is some of the best advice you've either received or you've given in drug? Um, what is some of the best advice that I have received? I think that I forget. I think it was during um I think it was during Bitch Fest and it was um the circus week that we had and Jay, who I am just such a huge fan of and like every time we hang out I'm like like I fangirl a little bit but something that they were saying is that there's this like it wasn't as it wasn't necessarily advice it was just something I, I felt like I needed to feel affirmed of where they were just speaking to like they were like there's this confidence that you have that I feel like is really exciting because it's like it's a very captivating thing to watch as an audience member and like it is something that I I'm always the most nervous about is like having my anxiety read on stage and to hear someone that I am, I have so much love and respect for as a performer speak to like, I want you to keep doing what you're doing because you, you project such like this assured vibe when you're performing is like something that I really needed to hear because I don't think it was something I could have like convinced myself of. It was like seeing to having someone I respect tell me that they they appreciate the the vibe that I give off and that it doesn't read as nervousness is it was like special to me because that's something that is like w one of my number one worries when I'm in drag is projecting anything other than, you know, confidence, which is important. I was going to say, I don't, I don't see you as a not confident person. Either, yeah. So. And I think that that's, <laughs> it's taken a while to tap into and also like being, I, I don't think I've mentioned it in this podcast at all, but I think that there's something to be said for like being a very polished, put together performer and being a bigger person. And I think that that's something I've had to navigate to because I find that skinnier performers will do a whole lot less and receive a lot more accolades for how they look and how they perform. And I think that like being able to be lauded as like a capable performer and not being this twink and, you know, having to, learn a little bit differently how to have control over my own body like is something that i feel like is is a really special aspect of like a lot of the bigger queens in new york that i really have so much love for and so hearing that i project confidence was like very important to hear love that's what we want in our drag queens see for sure <laughs> i need to learn that I, but well. <laughs> um <laughs> okay so it's my time for my favorite question miss annie do you have a tantalizing tale of debauchery of nightlife something crazy something stupid something that you need to tell everybody else um i've only worked with her once and i'm i'm hoping to again but i'm i'm sure we will the very first time i went out and performed slash competed was um when Janelle number five was still doing the Are You the Next Diva like weekly version, and then the winners would go on, of course, to do the pageant. Um, and it was the very first time I performed in drag, and I made it all the way to the top two. Um, oh, wow. And I had a great experience doing it. Um, and, um, but I was performing and I did. I was in a look that I felt great about and I had met a lot. It was, it was one of my first times, I think it was probably my first time interacting with other drag queens in drag 
And so it was just this, I was like so nervous about the competition. I didn't even think about, you know, like meeting other girls. And it, it turned out that like girls I would do that with, I've worked with plenty of times afterwards. Um, but I, about halfway through, I had done my performance and they were calling who the finalists were. And Lux Noir London was one of the judges, which in hindsight is crazy to think about. And she now is like the drag mom of a friend of mine. And like, it's just this whole interesting incestuous thing is the New York drag scene. Um, mm. But about halfway through my, uh, halfway through the night, I would say, um, it was after I'd done my first performance, they were calling who the top four was and kind of do little like lip sync offs. Um, Simone came in with a bunch of her friends and I got to perform in front of her and I won a lip sync and I got to do the top two. And then like afterwards I was sort of like, so overwhelmed by the whole experience that I was like, I'm not gonna be weird. I'm, I don't, I don't even know what to say. And she, from across the room, like locks eyes with me and points at me and then just walks over off in the little corner. And she just kind of like spoke affirmations at me and was like, I'm sorry you didn't win, but like, I really see something in you and I do not want you to stop doing this because like, there's something really intriguing about your drag. And I just, I find you super special. And I was like, it's something I'll literally never forget because it was like the very first time I performed in drag and one of these like absolute modern legends of drag was able to see that and like see something in me. So every time I, I feel that insecurity, it's like the very first time I performed, which I could probably look back on embarrassed about, you know, someone who I have so much respect for saw, you know, potential. No. That's crazy. That, so yeah. that is not crazy. a normal drag story. Yeah. <laughs> not, not at all. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, that's so good though. I I, yeah. I love when that happens. I um just like someone random that you really admire is in the audience and they just give you everything you need. Um, and New York is totally one of those places too, you know, yeah. like where uh, you can go out just being like, I'm gonna do you know this guest spot at someone's show. And the, the night can snowball and then you're like, you know, getting high with a real girl and she's like giving you life advice. And it's like, you know, 4 a.m. You work <laughs> the next morning. It's it's yeah. a lot. But, you know, that's the beauty of it. You'll, you, you, you're up until 4 a.m. You work at 6 a.m. But baby, you're there. Exactly. <laughs> right. You just described my entire 20s. <laughs> I know, I know. Exactly. I know. <laughs> All right. Last question. Where do you want to take your drag in the future? Um, I just want it to be bigger. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like it's a little bit cheesy, but like, I just want to sort of take what I'm doing and kind of crank up the level at which I'm doing it. I, I want to add more detail to the looks that I'm bringing in the performances that I'm doing. And I, I look up to so many people in the scene that have really created this like amazing path forward from being these queens that have really developed through COVID um, that, you know, seeing the trajectory they've been on, I, I think it's right now it's about like getting, like, I know what I'm bringing is unique and it has a point of view and I just want more people to see it and figuring out ways to do that, I think is kind of my biggest, my biggest thing. And I have some exciting stuff coming up. And so, yeah, y'all will, y'all will see that in action. I hope. I'll be there. First in line. <laughs> yes. Um, I'll come too. 
Um, well, thank you so much, babe, Yay. for talking to us. Thank you for having me. Of course. Where we'll can have the... you on once you like make it bigger. Yes. Um, <laughs> Period. I'm writing, a, I'm writing a contract right now, so you are legally required to come <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. A bi a biannual podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, where can the kids find you online? They can find me underscore Atomic Annie everywhere, uh, except for Venmo, which is just Atomic Annie. Um, <laughs> and you can see all the cool shit that I'm doing, and you can come see me. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, thank you again, Yeah, um, thank you guys for having me. Of course. Um, I was Martyr. I was Sweet Tepper. And this was... And I was Atomic Annie. <laughs> 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 and this is Lay It Out. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Um, bye. bye, kids. See you in like a week. Bye. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right.